Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, you made me laugh, man. <laughs> no, I'm trying not to okay. laugh. We were laughing yes. at something at the beginning. It's an inside right. joke, folks. We'll inside have to tell joke. you later. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're as here, always. man. I'm yes. glad to be putting down another show and, and uh, just got a lot of exciting things to talk about today. And I want to start with, always, as we do, thanking Covenant Eyes for supporting us, for sponsoring yes, us always. here in the Narrow Road and also on the podcast. Guys, we've talked about it again and again and again. Covenant Eyes is essential if you're someone trying to stop using pornography. If you want to safeguard your children and your household from things like that, not just pornography, but other lewd images and things like that in general, um, you can you can download the free trial right now. You can go to start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. That is start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. You can go there, get a free trial, try it out for 30 days, and see how it can help you in your life. And we've talked about the accountability pieces and all of that. Guys, we have to take action. You want to change your life. You want to stop something in your life. You have to do something about it. It's not going to happen on its own. Covenant Eyes is a way to do that, to be able to put a wall between you and the struggle that you're having with pornography. And also, as we said, it keeps your children and your household safe from falling into the same traps that maybe you fell into at a young age. So, guys, go check that out at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew, um, and you can get that free trial and then decide if it's something that will help you pass that. Um, want to talk about the narrow road. We've still got the 50% off on your first month. We have guys continually signing up every single day. The post office people know my name by now. <laughs> Showing up every day. All right, John, how many you got yeah. today? So thank you all for that. I'm so excited for the change that I think this is going to bring in people's lives based on what we've seen already um, from the numerous comments and, and shares and, and just emails and all the things we get all the time. Guys, I'm really excited for any of you out there that are trying this. Guys, if you want to try it out for 50% off your first month, go to justagownthepew.com, click the community, click join, and when you sign up there, you'll get to try it for $15 in your first month. If you like it, it goes to 25 after that. All of it goes to support the ministry. This month is on forgiveness. Next month is on perseverance, and we're going to continue you know, talking about virtues and learning how to apply these to our lives so that we become the men that we're called to be by living these out in the most important relationships of our lives. So again, you can find that at justaguyonthepew.com slash, or go to community and then click join up there. Uh, I also wanna mention again, we are starting to really get a lot of requests about coming to parishes and starting men's groups. You know, there's a lot of parishes all over this country that don't have men's groups, vibrant men's groups. Like we're so fortunate to have in our parish that we've talked about in here so much. And that's one of the callings I think God has put on my life and why he has started this whole ministry through just a guy in the pew is for us to go and to help other men come together, learn what it means to lead other men, to be vulnerable, to, to help other men come together and understand what a true brotherhood is about and what it means to live virtuously and live as brothers. So guys, we're doing that. You know, we, we put together packages where we come to the parish and speak. Um, we will, we'll spend time there training leaders 
Uh, we've got discounts there for the narrow road for groups to be able to use at a parish price. We've got implementation guides, all that put together so that it's easy for a parish to be able to bring somebody in. So if you're a guy, I mean, to start a group. So if you're a guy out there that has listened to us and you've wanted the same sort of thing you've heard us talking about here, you want something like that in your parish, then talk to your priest, talk to your deacon, talk to those that they're in charge in the parish, your DRE or whoever, and let's talk about trying to get something together because we want to build things that last, fruit that last. And we know when we get vibrant men's groups, whether they're using our stuff you know, for a long period of time or not, they use somebody else's doesn't matter. The point is getting men together so they can start supporting each other, standing shoulder to shoulder and uh, living the life that God's called them to be. So you can do that. You can sign up at bookme.com. There's a place there where you can, you can, you know, put in your email address, you know, put in what you're looking for and we can come out there and do that. Of course, conferences, all those things you can fill out for me to come speak at those things as well too. Um, I said last week we would have a big announcement this week. So this is something that uh, I've been wanting to share for a while. Uh, I'm going to be doing my first pilgrimage. Now, this isn't until May 2023, so I want everybody to hear that. 2023, not 2022. Trying to make sure that there's a, a nice runway for some of this COVID stuff to clear up. But I'm going to be leading a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. It's going to be May the 10th through the 21st of 2023. Father Larry Richards is going to be the spiritual director for the trip. So my buddy father and I, we're going to go over there and it's going to be awesome. He's been before. This will be my first time, but I'm really excited to get over there and just walk in the footsteps of Christ, right? And just my wife's going to go and I'm really inviting any of you that want to go. It's a great opportunity. It's a 12 day trip. We're going to wind up leaving on the 10th, come back on the 21st. We fly into Tel Aviv. We're going to go to Nazareth. We're going to go to Cana. You're going to have an opportunity to renew your wedding vows there. Um, we're going to go to Caesar, uh, Caesarea Philippi. We're going to go to Mount Tabor, um, the Sea of Galilee, I mean, Mount Carmel. It's just Bethlehem everywhere. We're going to go to that Jerusalem. awesome. Yeah, the Shepherd's Field in Bethlehem, mm -hmm. Mount Zion, the Mount of Olives, the Wailing Wall, the Holy City, the Via Della Rosa. Uh, and we're going to have Mass in all these places. It's going to be amazing. And so I want to invite any of you that want to go. If you've never been to the Holy Land, I'd love for you to come with me. I'd love for you to come with Father Larry Richards. There's probably a lot of you guys that have listened to both of us and enjoyed us or have been to a conference that he's done. Um, so it's going to be a great time. And you can sign up for this at selectinternationaltours.com slash john-edwards slash. So again, that is selectinternationaltours.com slash johnedwards dash or excuse me john dash edwards it'll be on our website too you can find it there and you can go and sign up the prices and everything are there but it's going to be an amazing time i'm so excited for this i'm ready for two years out yeah <laughs> or a little less than two years and get over there and really just experience all these places that christ lived and walked and, and that we've talked about so often on here I'm, I'm super excited i hope a lot of guys sign up and come with us right get your passports ready now yeah that's it may right. take a while you never yeah, know yeah you never know don't right. be the guy that's in the airport going i don't have a yeah. passport but it is, it's something that I've wanted to do forever and the and Select reached out to me uh, and Father Larry reached out to me and, and we both just said, let's do this together. And so we're excited to have you. I hope you'll take the opportunity. If you've been looking for a Holy, Holy Land pilgrimage, this is gonna be a lot of fun with the two of us. So um, you, again, you can sign up at selectinternationaltours.com slash John dash Edwards. And then that'll take you right there where you can find out all the information, exactly what we're doing, all the details. I don't have time to share on here. But uh, it's going to be amazing, and we want you to be a part of it. So that's the big news, and we'll have that out there on social uh, media and on the website, and we'll be talking about it as we go along. 
But there we have a show to get to, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just excited. Now I that get we're the buzz. through all the house cleaning and all right. the commercials and everything in the front, which we're so grateful for again mm-hmm. for all those things. Um, I just I, I wanted to to really get into this episode. And, and it, you know, sometimes we've talked about on here that some of these episodes come from, where, from Scripture or something like that where I'm reading right. something one day. And this one actually came from this month's Narrow Road when I was reading the gospel a couple of days ago. Maybe familiar to some guys that are in the Narrow Road but are reading the Magnificat every day or going to Mass. But there's a passage in Luke 6, 46, 49, and it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? As soon as I read that, and I'm sure I read that, and look, I grew up Baptist, read the Bible a bunch of times, right. read Scripture all the time now, but for some reason, that it's, it's the magic of Scripture we talk about a lot, that some days it just grabs you. Right? We're not meant to read this like a history book or black words on a white page. We should always be, always be reading this with our attention on what is God trying to say to me, what, he's, what is he trying to point out to me, and that just hit me between the eyes. You know, it's like Jesus just saying, why do, you, why do you call me your God? Why do you call me Lord? And But you, you don't right. do what I say. Like, none of your actions back it up. You're hitting me with sarcasm here. What, you know, I can feel it. Right. That's thing. what yeah, it is. It's doing. like, it's, it's, it, it just, that question hit me right between the eyes. Right. And he goes on to say, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation upon a rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But he who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation, against which the stream broke and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So here's the thing. You know, we always want to take these things and put it in the here and now. So if you're a guy out here listening right now, could you imagine, put yourself in the place where Jesus is standing right in front of you, and he's asking you individually, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Mm -hmm. Why do you say that you're a Christian? Why do you go through all of these hoops, but yet you don't do what I ask you to do, right? You're not out there evangelizing. You're not praying. You're not, you're not doing all these things that I've asked you to do as my followers. And this is not me accusing anybody. This is me imagining Jesus saying that to me because I fail in a lot of things too. There are plenty of things he could make a list of that I'm not obeying him by, that I know I need to clean up in my life. But it's just it's a question that I think we all have to ponder. And mm-hmm. we've talked about the major question before on a show that when he says, who do you say that I am, right? That's the most important question we'll ever have to answer in our life. But this is this is almost equally as important. You know, this is after we've answered that question, you're the Lord of my life, I give you my life, right? I've given myself over to you, I've become baptized. I've, I'm now a member of the body of Christ. Now he follows up with this question, you know, which is, why don't you do what I ask you to right. then? You know, if, if you are who you say you are, why don't you do what I, what, what I ask of you? So I would say that the question that he's asked us and the reason why we're not is because most of us have built our lives on a different foundation, right? Really what we think is a foundation, but it's not. Because, I mean, in Scripture there, he says, um, you know, the, the other man builds on ground without a foundation. And digs deep. Yeah, he talks about the first yeah. one. The first guy digs deep. Right. And so we're going to get into all of that. But I would say, Victor, that the problem is that we believe we built a foundation, right. but it's not really a foundation, and it's on all sort of other things in the world besides Jesus. Well, and the thing going back to the foundation, is the difference is, you know, the solid ground is pretty much you're connected to something that's stronger than you. Yeah. You're not relying on your own wits. You know, the person that built on sand is going, ah, that'll do, kind yeah, of thing. You know, right. it's like, you know, I it's love you. It's a little squishy. You. Well, it's like, you know, you know Jesus, I love you, right? You yeah. know that, right? Well, just just know I'm going to do a few things. It may make you angry, but but I know you love me, and 
you know, I'm just going to keep on doing what I want to do because it makes me feel good. Yeah. I want to, I want to be happy and I want to do this and, and doing this. I know you're not a big fan of it, Jesus, but this makes me happy. Sure. So I want to keep doing You can doing be the this. Lord of my life for this right, hour for this on moment, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like, you know, St. Augustine said, you know, it's like, what do you say? Like, uh, Lord, take, take away lust from me, but not just yet kind of yeah. thing going on. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's the way it is, is, is we, we want to build our house on sand because as you're saying, we want to give Lord God this much of our life. Right. I'm okay giving you this, but not that. And we've talked about this a lot. Right. And, and so we build our foundations on other things. And, you know, we even hear St. Paul sometimes say, I do not do the things I want to do. I do the evil I do not want to do. Mm-hmm. And so we all struggle, right, with, with, with this. Nobody is perfect. Right. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We're not trying to sit here and hold a magnifying glass exactly. up to everybody listening and saying, you need to get your act together. We're talking as much to ourselves as we are anybody else. But Jesus is, is, is going to ask us, whether he's asking us now, today, which I think he is, or at Judgment Day, why did you call me Lord, but you didn't obey me? That's It's going to be a past tense then, right? Because it's yeah. too late. You didn't obey me. It, again, we have to look at where our foundation is. And I think if we're being honest, we all have a makeshift foundation that we built our lives on. And and so what are those? I mean, for a lot of guys, it's money. It's power. It's it's our things. It's mm-hmm. ourself, right? I'm, I'm dependent only on me. I'm my foundation. I don't need anybody else or anything. You know, your job, my job is everything. I'm building my life on this job. I've seen that happen so many times in guys' lives, and then they lose that job, and, and their lives are in shambles. What am I going to do? Who mm-hmm. am I now? This right. is how I define myself for so long. If I'm not that top sales guy anymore, if I'm not that that performer in my job or the lead architect in my town or whatever it is, then then who am I anymore? Like, right. my whole life is down the drain. Because their, their life is based on respect from other people. Right. right. It's ba- based on way. all that. Right. right. And it's not based on Christ. Right. And that's what we're always trying to talk about here, is that if Christ isn't that foundation of our life, then we're always going to wind up in trouble. We're always going to wind up struggling. I mean, a lot of guys, it's their sports team, right? I mean, you don't. You may think that people Look, may think that's funny. I'll be, no, no. But I, live, watch a guy on Sunday yes. that is really into his team He's either super happy or he's super crushed. Right, and and I thought I was doing good until, you know, Florida State lost to Jackson. <laughs> you, you brought this up, lost to yeah. a, a Division Two team. So, I, I I felt myself getting emotionally involved. And I had to back up and go. You know what? I I, I got to right. remove myself from being this involved. These guys did the best they could. That's right. how it is. Well, know? that's the thing. We always have to remove ourselves from these things because, you know, we could have three million dollars in the bank today and die right. tomorrow. And what does it mean? Yeah. Right, we could have the greatest job title, be the CEO of the greatest company in the world, and die tomorrow. What does it mean? Right, all of these things, all the stuff you have, it's not going to matter in the end. It's going to matter how you lived your life, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to answer that question. Hopefully, Jesus is saying, you know, you called me Lord, and you backed it up by doing what I ask you to do. You built that solid foundation, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like there is only one foundation, and Saint Paul tells us that in First Corinthians three eleven. He says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So no matter how we try to build our lives up with a security and and this and, and to, to, to have a, some sort of foundation to build our life on, it's not going to matter. It's never going to be the correct thing right. because it's not Christ, right? It's always going to be wobbly, and, and we see that in people that we i've seen it in my own life first of all i don't want to say people i've seen it in my own life how my house of cards came crumbling down when i built it on sand through through drugs and alcohol and, mm-hmm. and fame of 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 work success and and chasing all of that chasing the dollar 
my house fell. It was built on sand. And luckily I had I had someone who had the cornerstone of their life, the foundation of their life is Jesus and my wife Angela. But we've seen people that that have have lost everything because we've tried to build it on that and then their life is just ruined, right? And and they're in a place that that they have trouble coming out of. So that's why we always have to start focusing back on what is truly the thing that we need in our life. And no matter what we try to replace Jesus with, it's never going to work. Right. It's never going to be enough. That's what St. Paul is saying. Like no other foundation can be laid except for the one that's already been laid. So what does that harken back to? To Isaiah, and I don't have the verse in front of me, but it's where God is basically saying, um, I've created, you know, I've made Zion and there's a cornerstone there. He's foreshadowing. Isaiah is talking about Christ and how he's going to be the cornerstone. And we know what Jesus says in the scriptures in Matthew 21, 42, when he says, Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures, the very stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. God gave us what we need in our life. He gave us Christ first to reconcile us with him, but then also so that we can we can live this life successfully with the strength that we don't have on our own mm-hmm. to be the people that we're called to be, to obey the way that Christ is talking about. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't obey? We have to follow him and we have to build upon that cornerstone. And, and if we're not doing that, then we're going to wind up like this person that Christ is warning us about. And this is part of the the his the end of the sermon on the mount right so in luke i believe they call it the sermon on the plains because he doesn't give as much detail as matthew does about so many things because luke is really writing this more to the gentiles than matthew was writing it to the jews at the time so you know in there we don't have all the pieces but it's around that same narrow narrow gate and the lord lord i never be gone from me i never knew you this is jesus again warning us that it's not just about trying to to outwardly show people that we're Christian. It's about living it in our life each and every day. Now, forgive me for people who are engineers because I am not an engineer, but when it <laughs> says a cornerstone, a cornerstone is very important because it, yeah. it does a, it makes it a square. And, you know, everything's square to where you build it up is one wall is not teetering in, you know, two degrees different than the other, you know? Sure. So it's, it's become, makes allow a, a building to become perfect measurement in all ways. Yeah. And that's what Christ does. He makes us perfect and measure through him. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I actually got a little bit of history Uh-oh. on that. I jumped ahead. No, again, no, you're so. good. Thank you. It's a perfect segue. So, I mean, it says, historically, the cornerstone was the most important part of any building. The total weight of an edifice rested on this particular stone, which, if removed, would collapse the whole structure. The cornerstone was also the key to keeping the wall straight, as you just said. The builders would take sidings along the edges of this part of the building. If the cornerstone was set properly, the stonemasons could be assured that all the other corners of the building would be at the appropriate angles as well, as you said a second mm-hmm. ago. Thus, the cornerstone became a symbol for what, for that which held life together. And that's what we're talking about here. If we're trying to have a cornerstone that is our money, our job, our, our fame, our fortune, our things, anything else other than life in Jesus, then our foundation is not going to be solid. Right? It's not going to be solid at all. And when these storms of life come, right? when the job changes come, when, when family members die, when, when tragedy strikes in our life, we're not going to be able to withstand those things. We're going to wind up in bad places yeah. because we haven't dug deep, as he said. Right? We don't have that foundation because all that other stuff is meant to break. It's meant to wobble. It's meant to fall. We're not supposed to have that stuff forever. Right, God blesses us with things in our lives, but when things become more important than He is, when our life becomes about other things than Him, then those things are surely going to fall. 
right? There is no God before this God, before our God. And so we have to remember that in our lives. And so if he is the cornerstone, then how do we build a foundation around it, right? How do we do that? If my life, if you're a guy listening right now, and my life is built around something other than Christ, and I'm trying to fix it, but I don't know how, obviously, there's a way that we can do this. And Jesus gives us a hint to this in that scripture passage. So he says the first line, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? But he follows it up right here. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. And that like is this, this, the foundation built on rock. So what does that mean? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them. To me, it leads us to humility, mm-hmm. repentance, and action. Those are three things that Jesus is basically telling us is necessary in our life. We can't just say, Jesus, I give you my life, and then hope some magic poof happens every day, and we just happen to make it to heaven. No, we're called to be active in our spiritual life, to be active in our faith, to be active disciples of Jesus Christ. So what that means is, first of all, humility. Come to me. That means you know you need me. Right. Those people that were coming to him and hearing these sermons, they had a need in their life, whether they were hungry or they needed healing or they had they were possessed or whatever it was. They knew they had a need for Jesus, that their life was failing, that they, were, they weren't living well on their own, that there was a need that was not being met by anything else. And so they went to Jesus, come to me. That's what he says. The person that comes to me, they know they need me. That is humility. There's no pride in that when you're surrendering and saying, I need you. I need the cornerstone for this foundation in my life. And then he says, and here's my words, humble enough to listen, right? How often in our lives do we want to tell Jesus what we need, what he needs to be doing, what he should be doing, how he should fix our life. Jesus says, the person that comes to me who knows they need me and hears my words, that's humble enough to listen to me, that's ready to sit down at the foot of the master and be taught, then that's humility here. Right, that's what it means. That's what he means by saying, "Dig deep." Someone that's willing to put in the work, mm-hmm. that's willing to work hard at becoming what the structure needs to be, this right. foundation needs to be. To pull up the selfishness in our lives. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. To carry the cross, as right. Christ says so often. Like being a Christian is not a cakewalk. It's never going to be easy. You never right. promise that. No, it's grabbing that shovel and getting calloused hands and digging deep to build that foundation and to make it solid in your life and to can- continue to build for the rest of your life, right? To continue to add on to that foundation, that structure, with him being the cornerstone. That's what that digging deep means, is when it's hard to be a Christian, not laying down and quitting and saying, you know what, this is too hard, or Jesus, I can't, or I don't have enough strength. We don't, but with him, we do. That's why he's the cornerstone. That's why the foundation is successful. He goes on you know, to talk about, hear my words and acts, as we've talked about mm-hmm. a second out in, in humility, but that also calls us to repentance right? It's, it's repenting. Here's my words and acts upon them. How many of us hear his words every day, but we don't act upon them, right? We don't change our lives. We still go out and we do the same things again and again and again. We go to church on Sunday. We, we, we do some things maybe in our life that are spiritually sound or, or, or that we're trying to do to live the Christian life, but we're still going out living the same life. Nothing's changing, right? We have to be active in our life. We have to repent, turn away from the things. And that's what Jesus is calling us to, is he's saying, listen to my words and act on them. That's the repentance part. That's when we go to confession and we don't just go to just grab a a cheap shot of mercy. We go to receive his mercy because he wants to give it to us. But then we, we, we use that grace. We ask for that grace to turn and change our life. That's what he's calling us to there. Then we've got action, right? And does them and does them. 
That's the most important part of that. Yes, you have to be humble. Yes, you have to repent. But then you have to go and do something about it, right? You have to do something about it. You can't sit back on your laurels and wait for everybody else around you to fix the world, to change the world, to help you become a better Christian. You have to take the initiative to go and live the life that he's called us to, to go out and evangelize, right? Stop saying that who else is going to do this. It's a call for you, just like it is everyone else. It's a call for me. It's a call for you, Victor. Evangelizing, um, loving our neighbor the proper way, trusting God the way that we're called to, surrendering everything. That's what he's asking us here. So this is how we start to build, to rebuild that foundation. We rip down the other. We repent and say, I'm done. I'm not going to depend on my money and my job and all this stuff anymore. That's not what I'm going to build my life on. I'm going to build it on you, Christ, is, is the as the uh, cornerstone and then go out and live that truth in your life where people could see it. So, you know, if you're somebody right now that has questions that you're asking yourself about whether or not Jesus is your foundation, here's some questions to ask yourself. Have I truly admitted I need Jesus? Have you been humble yet? Have you gone to him and said, Lord, I need you. My life is not what it needs to be. I'm not living fully the call that you've given every one of us at the Ascension. So I need you. That humility we all need in our life. Have you repented? Right, you know the things that are going wrong in your life. All of us are aware of those. Nobody is 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 is, you know, doesn't have the mindset to understand what is going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows their struggles. So, are you going to take that to the confessional and repent and say, "I'm done with it"? Right? Have I listened to what He wants of me? After I've repented, have I listened to His words as He said? What is He asking of me? How does He want me to live my life? What is my role to play in His plan? And then finally, have I acted on what he's asking of me? Once I've listened to that, once I've received my marching orders, have I have I gone and started living this out? Have I formed a plan in my life to get involved, whether it's in a men's group or Knights of Columbus, or have I found a way to altar serve or or to, to, to lecture or something else in my life to where I'm actually going out and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ? These are the questions. Have I admitted I need Jesus? Have I repented? Have I listened to what he wants of me? And have I acted on what he's asking of me? If you start asking yourselves these questions today and you find that you haven't, then start acting on these. Go to Jesus. Tell him you need him. Go to the confessional and repent. Go and listen to him and start asking him every day, what do you want of me? Don't talk as much in your prayer. Listen more. And then act on what he's saying. Lord, give me the strength to do what you're asking of me. Guys, we talk about this stuff all the time on the podcast. If you want help trying to live this, the narrow road can help you do that. The groups that we're starting can help you do that. You can look at all of that at justaguyonthepew.com. In the community section, you can click the join button there, and you'll find all the resources you need. This isn't a sales pitch. It's something that we know is changing people's lives. So, guys, I hear that music. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? That's the question he asks you and me today. If our lives are built on any other foundation than Jesus, then today's the opportunity for you to change that. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, you ask us today why we call you Lord but do not obey you. This is a question that all of us have to answer. Help us to realize that our lives will never have a true foundation if they aren't built on you, the cornerstone of our faith. And Lord, if we find ourselves today on sandy ground, Help us to dig deep and rebuild our foundation through humility, repentance, and action. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.